welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Praise God. Well, welcome tonight, brothers and sisters. Um, I've enjoyed worship, really have. You know, it's so good to sing of Jesus, isn't it? It's so good to forget about ourselves, have a look at him, and just enjoy his characteristics, enjoy his qualities, enjoy who he is. And tonight we're going to talk about worship. So I want you to open the John chapter 4. We're just going to start there. We're going to be moving around a little bit tonight and uh, going through the scriptures. Uh, John chapter 4 and verse 24. It says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Let's go to verse 23. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking. Everybody say seeking. He's seeking such to worship him. Seeking such to worship him. Lord God, Lord God, we Lord, know, Lord, that you've come, Lord, to Lord, seek and save, Lord, us, Lord, who were lost, oh God. Lord, but it's for this great purpose, oh God. Oh, Lord, Lord, there is a seeking in you, Almighty God. And, Lord, that's hard for us to understand. How can Almighty God be seeking something? Yet you are, oh God. You desire something in us, oh God. There's something, oh Lord, that we have, Lord, as people, Lord, Lord, to offer you, oh God. And tonight, Lord, I pray, oh God, as we, Lord, examine, Lord, what this is, oh God. I pray, Lord, that, Lord, we would grow in our ability, Lord, to respond to your seeking, Jesus. Lord, you've been so good to us, Jesus. So kind to us, oh God. So kind, Lord. Oh, Father, Lord. And Lord, we want, Lord, to, to return worship to you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, bless us, Lord, as we, Lord, open your word tonight. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I don't know if you've ever been seeking something. I'm sure you have. We, we all seek things from time to time. We, we seek a job. We seek an open door of, of some sort. We seek at a certain stage in life. We seek a life partner. We, we seek different things. And I was just struck by that, how much God answers our seeking, how, how much he responds to the things that we need, to the things that we desire, to those things that, that we seek out in our lives for, for our benefit. And he's so kind to us, isn't he? He's so kind to us. But this is what he's seeking. He's seeking people, us, who, who will worship him. And there's only, there's only one bride, and that's us, brothers and sisters. There's only one, one, one group of people like us, and that is the church, the, the, the global church, who can bring him worship. And he's seeking that in us, and we, his bride. 
So the question is, what is worship? What is it? What is, what is it that he is seeking after in us? And I have a definition for you. Worship is ascribing value and honor to God above all else. I'm going to say it again. Worship is ascribing value and honor to God above all else. Above all else. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, and if you want to turn there, you can mark it. It says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So immediately we see that, that bringing glory to God, ascribing honor and value to God is, yes, it is what we do here in church. It is the songs of, of, of His greatness, the, the, the songs that, that declare how, how wonderful He is and His majesty and how that we crown Him King. Those songs are great, but it's not just the singing, it's not just the words. It's more. It's, of course, there's shouting as well. I love to shout. I don't know about you, but I love to shout and just, just give God honor with, with a shout. I love to clap my hands, you know, and try and stay in time with the team, <laughs> keep them in time. But worship's also paying my taxes. Ouch. Driving under the speed limit. I have a confession to make. I got my first three points a couple of weeks ago. Driving at the church on a Sunday morning trying to get here early. I just wasn't thinking. Got caught. Going too fast. Not proud of it. Had a clean license up to that point. But how we drive. How we, how we treat other people, even on the road. The people that cut us off in traffic. It's tough. I, I find my foot just going down whenever somebody wants to. Lord help us. But but all these things. How how I keep my word. How how I let my yes be my yes is glorifying to God, brothers and sisters. Can you hear an amen? It is. It is. Being that, that honesty, that, that truthfulness glorifies God because other people will eventually realize why I'm being honest and truthful. They know it's because I walk with Jesus. And that brings honor. It esteems God. It's worship. Refusing gossip. Refusing gossip, refusing to enter into that conversation that I shouldn't be a part of, that honors God, brings honor to Him. How I treat my wife and my children, 
relationships, work relationships, how I respond to my boss, how I treat those that I have authority over, that, that all, all of those things, brothers and sisters, brings worship to God. And I'm going to throw another awkward one. <laughs> what I eat, what I eat, how I look after the, the temple of the Holy Spirit that God has given me, how I look after the home that he's given me, the, the stewardship over, over the, the things that he has entrusted into my life, responsibilities he has entrusted into my life. Ultimately, what, what worship looks like, brothers and sisters, is, is being like Jesus. It is, it's Christ-likeness. It's taking on the, the image of Jesus and being shaped into his image. That is the most glorifying thing to God that we can do. And obviously, it incorporates much more than, than just our, our singing expression and our, our corporate worship expression. It involves our whole life, brothers and sisters. It involves what we do in private, where only God sees. It does. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. We as human beings, we were, we were created in the beginning for this relationship with God, uniquely created. There's no other creature like the human being. No other creature. No other animal that God breathed into, that God would give life to in such a way that then Jesus ultimately would come in the form of man. There's no other species that Jesus took on the form of and came as and went to the cross for and died for and reconciled to himself like us human beings. And we've been created uniquely for this relationship with God and therefore for worship with God. Psalm 29 verse 2 says this. It says, give Unto the Lord the glory that's due his name. And, and the psalmist is, is putting an obligation on us, on, on us human beings, to give something that's due to God. And God is worthy of worship. It goes on and says, Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Romans 1.20 the 21 says this, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power, everybody say power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. Creation reveals the glory of God and reveals Him. In verse 21 it says this, For although they knew God, they neither worshipped him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And we see how 
human beings have that choice whether they will worship God or whether they won't. But either way, God has been revealed and God is due worship. And we see from Romans, there's a darkening of the heart if we will turn away from that, if the human race turns away from that. We are worshipers by design. And we are worshipers by design, but many don't worship God. If you turn to Daniel chapter 5, verse 23, here in this story, it's, it's a king called Belshazzar. And uh, God brings an accusation against him. I don't want to go into the whole story, but he was having this, this feast and this party. And, and, and in verse 23, he says this, you, Belshazzar, and this is God talking to the king, you have lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven. They have brought vessels of his house, of God's house before you, and you and your lords, your wives and your concubines have drunk wine from them, and you have praised the gods of silver and gold, bronze and iron, wood and stone, which do not see or hear or know. And the God who holds your breath in his hand and owns all your ways, you have not glorified you have not glorified. And this king had a, a number of things that he was, he was valuing in his life more than Almighty God. The items made of gold, silver, bronze, these, these things that, that God tells him are idols. These are things that you worship, Belshazzar. These are, these are the things that, that you're ascribing glory and honor to. You can see in this feast that he was honoring the people around him more than Almighty God. And that's possible too, brothers and sisters, that we would place people on that throne. We would place people and, and, and give, ascribe value to people, value to certain persons more than Almighty God. Anything from talented footballers or sports people or, or artists or musicians or, or even just people that are close to us, we, we, put more, we give them more esteem than Almighty God. And it's possible. And this king was doing that. But probably what he was really doing was more valuing the way those people made him feel. Ultimately, he was lifting himself up with these other things. And this was wrong. And the greatest accusation that God brings is that the king did not glorify God. Did not glorify God. So we, we human beings, brothers and sisters, we are designed to be worshipers. But the question is, what are we worshiping? What are we worshiping? There's one throne in our lives, and there is someone or something on that throne. That's the truth. There is someone or something that has the throne of our hearts, has our attention, 
has been even brought to reputation in our lives. Many things are going to grapple for that place. And, and this, 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 is where, this is where the battle is happening, brothers and sisters. Even in our lives, there are things as Christians that still wrestle for that throne. They will shove, they will push, even things like fear. Fear can try and get on the throne of our hearts. And fear sometimes can be allowed to, to have more honor than Almighty God sometimes in certain ways in our lives. There's one throne, and someone or something is on that throne. It usually boils down to this, it's either God or me. Even fear is a self-preservation. It's about me. We as people are in this unique position of being created by God and given a free will. God, God allows us as human beings to make choices. What he has done, he has created, it's, it's a masterful design that he has come up with. He has allowed us to make choices, and he has hidden his glory, not so we can't see him, but he has hidden his glory enough that we are not overwhelmed. He has hidden his glory and, and his majesty enough so that our free will is not violated. We are not forced to fall on our faces before God. One day, one day every knee will bow and God will wrap it up. But for now, he has hidden his majesty, his glory, his power and balanced it perfectly so that we still have free will and free choice so that we can make a love decision. Will I love God? Will I relate to God? Will I worship God? Or will I choose something else? And during this lifetime, brothers and sisters, we have that choice. We have that choice. Some of you may not know, but my wife is called Wilma. She's not here, so maybe I can't see her. Is it safe? <laughs> is it safe to speak about Wilma? But if Wilma had kidnapped me at gunpoint and chained me up to force me to stay with her, then that would not be love. It would be slavery. Now, she is a fearsome character. I'm only joking. She's lovely. And I am not one bit afraid of her. That's a big boast when she's not here. <laughs> I'm not. And I'm not with her out of slavery, and she's not with me out of slavery or fear, but out of love. Out of love. And that's what God wants, brothers and sisters. 
He has balanced it perfectly so that we can choose a love response to the Almighty God who first loved us. Who first loved us. And that love response, brothers and sisters, is worship. It's worship. It's the beginning and the end of worship. I love him because he first loved me. And I just, I want to be with him. I want to glorify him. I want to know him. You and I have a choice, brothers and sisters. But the truth, and this is the great truth, is God wants our love and wants our worship. He wants it. He desires you and me in the same way that I'd like to think Wilma desires me and I desire Wilma and I want her company, she wants my company, I would like to think. God desires us, brothers and sisters. He desires our company, our worship, our conversation. He desires our whole lives. Jesus said this in Matthew 22. He was asked, he was asked, Teacher, which one is the greatest of all the laws? And Jesus said to him, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest of the laws. The second is like it. You must love your neighbor as you love yourself. Interesting that the second is like it, isn't it? Because how we treat others honors God, brings worship to Him. Love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your heart, and with all your mind. And then in John 4.24, where we read tonight, Jesus said, But the hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. And I love that, brothers and sisters. It's not that, that when we decide to worship God, he may or may not take note. It's not that when we respond to him with something, whether it's a, a loving of our neighbor or, or those works, that, those things that bring glory to him, it's not that he may or may not notice Brothers and sisters, he's seeking it. He's seeking it. He's waiting on it. He's waiting for you and me to respond in this way, and he so esteems it. What did you do today that, that brought glory to God? Sound on a, on a soundboard up in the studio, running cameras and gnawing over on the camera. What did you do today to bring glory to God? Feed cork? Did you do a good day's work even when your boss wasn't looking? That brought glory to God. He sees it and he loves it, brothers and sisters. He loves it and he values it. And sometimes to us, those type of things seem smaller, not small to God. He's seeking it and he's waiting it on it. Hallelujah. We have, and I've, I've loved the, the, the word that God has been bringing to us over this, over this season. He, he's just been leading us, I think, deeper and deeper. 
We've been given so much truth and truth with anointing. And, and rightfully so, we've, we've, we talk a lot about the, the dilemma of man, has, how, how we as a human race are, are slaves to sin and how Christ has come as this perfect sacrifice, setting us free and, 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 and bringing, bringing us to heaven, giving us eternal life. We, we talk so much about the accomplishments of Christ. But the reason he's done it brothers and sisters, is to bring us to this place of worship. We, we, we move through from, from being lost in our sin and slaves to sin to being set free, to becoming born again, to, to, to moving into a fulfilled life, to moving into, into good works that he's prepared in advance for us to do so that we'd bring glory to him that we would become the worshipers. And, and this, is, this is the journey. God, at his own cost, made a way for us so that we could be set free, so we, we could become worshipers, that we could bring glory to him. He has given us security that he will never leave us or forsake us. Hallelujah. He's done all of this, brothers and sisters, so we would respond to him. We would love him in return, and we would honor him and ascribe greatness to him. Jesus said, my worshipers must worship me in spirit and in truth. Truth is important. It's really important. Have you ever heard somebody say, God helps those who help themselves? It's not in the Bible. It's not a truth. It's not. Somebody made that up. But some people think it's in the Bible. <laughs> no, God helps those who put their faith in him. That's what he does. God helps those who trust him. But truth is important. Sometimes we, we are saying the wrong things to God or we can be worshiping him for an aspect that isn't true. Is that worship? No. Some people think all religions lead to God. No. Jesus said, no one comes to the Father but by me. I am the way, the way. Worship is based and has to be based on truth about who God is. If I said to Wilma that I, I love her so much and I love her black curly hair, that might be a nice sentiment, but it doesn't apply to Wilma because she doesn't have black curly hair. It would be pointless she would get nothing out of that. And brothers and sisters, our worship is based on truth. Truth. This. And that is so important. Jesus said, my worshipers must worship me in spirit and in truth. And so we have truth. We've been blessed with truth. And we can 
we can get to know the truth about God because he has, while he has hidden himself to such a degree that gives us free choice, he has given us a revelation of himself. He's revealed himself in this book so that we can know him. Know him without being afraid. Know him without being exposed to so much glory that, that, that we have to bow the knee. We can know him through this truth. And worship must be based on truth and it must be based on spirit. When we become born again, as John chapter 3 says, says that we also receive the Holy Spirit. We, are, we become born again and born of the Spirit. That's really, really important. Because previous to being born again, we are completely slaves to sin. We cannot bring worship to God. We cannot glorify Him. Because everything is tainted. Everything is slavery. Everything is darkness. The Bible tells us that we're dead in our sins. But when we become born again, this life of the Holy Spirit comes in. And all of a sudden we're translated into this life of spirit and truth. And we become worshipers. We become those people who bring glory to God. A new life begins in us. And Jesus says of that Holy Spirit that that Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. Also says that he is a helper to us. He, brothers and sisters, the Spirit of Jesus this Holy Spirit that comes into us, enables us to be worshipers, enables us, gives us strength to live the life that God wants. He shapes us. It's His character through us that brings glory to God. We become different people, new people, new creations. So what, what is it? What is it that happens in a worshiper's life? And, and we're going to wrap up with three benefits of being a worshiper. But what is it that sets the platform for these, these three things? There's many things, many benefits, but I'm going to bring three tonight. What is, what is it? What happens in a worshiper's life, awareness, brothers and sisters, awareness. We become aware of God. We become aware of Jesus. We become aware of his goodness. We become aware of his qualities. We become aware of his faithfulness. I want to say this. A worshiper knows Jesus 
better than an academic theologian. A worshiper knows Jesus better than an academic theologian. See, knowing Jesus is not just the theology and, and just the theory and just the, the facts. Jesus is a person, and we get to know him as a person. And a worshiper knows Jesus because a worshiper is examining Jesus. A worshiper is enjoying Jesus. A worshiper becomes aware of the greatness of Jesus. A worshiper becomes aware of the power of Jesus. A worshiper becomes aware of the, of the faithfulness of Jesus and how he is faithful no matter about our faithfulness. He is still faithful. And a worshiper becomes, gets, gets to know Jesus in this way. Awareness, brothers and sisters, we become, we, we start to live with an awareness of God being with us. We start to walk life's journey with, with this, this conversation going on that, God, I'm going into college today, and I don't know about these studies. These are challenging subjects, and my lecture is rubbish, and I don't understand what he's saying, and... God, I need you to help me to understand this, this subject matter. It is going into a difficult situation with sick kids. God, help me. Would you touch this child of mine? Would you give the doctors wisdom? God, you know, it, it, it's, it's walking through life with this awareness of God being involved and God being with us and this conversation happening and then out of that awareness comes the actions. I know that, that God is with me. I know that God is, is doing something in this situation. And I just want to be a blessing to the people around me in my workplace. Why? Because God is here. Because God is doing something. God is with me. God is in me. God is using me. Maybe God wants to speak through me. This awareness the worshiper is aware of God and the worshiper gets to know God and the worshiper senses the presence of God. The worshiper wants to hear from God. The worshiper is listening to God. The worshiper hears what God has said in the morning and, and, and applies it in the day. Why? Because it's, it's living. It's a person. It's a relationship. The worshiper is aware of God and the situation. The worshiper is aware of the majesty of God. That he is to be honored in my life. The worshiper is aware of the wisdom of God. Why? I know my God is wiser than I am. I know he, his ways are higher than my ways. I know that no matter how confusing these situations are or this closed door is, this closed door doesn't make sense to me. But God, I will honor you. If you have closed the door on me, then I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to try and work my way around it or climb over the top of it or open something that's, that's closed. I'm going to trust you, Jesus.
The worshiper is aware of the superior wisdom of God. Why? Because the worshiper is examining God, is enjoying God, is walking with God, is, is loving the aspects. That's us, brothers and sisters. That's us. We have this awareness of God in our lives. And it brings three, three benefits that, that I could think of today, and there's lots more, but these are three that we're going to talk about. First one is freedom. Freedom. Because we're worshipers, brothers and sisters. We're not looking over our shoulder, you know, wondering, you know, what's coming from behind. We're free. Who's coming to get me? No, we don't live like that. We live, we, we live with the confidence. I'm not, I'm not making my own decisions. I'm following Jesus. He's wiser than I am. So therefore, I don't have to keep revising and rethinking every decision. No, I follow Jesus. I'm free. I'm free. And if he takes me down a certain path, brothers and sisters, I'm not responsible for the outcome. That's his. That's his. If he leads me a certain road, then I'm free from the consequences of that. That's his to look after. He can lead me into difficult situations. He can lead me into abundant fruitfulness or what we would define as fruitfulness, whatever. He can lead me and I'm free from the consequences of that. That's his. I'm free from the burden of being my own provider. Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on, brothers and sisters. We're free. He is looking after us. I'm free from the opinions of others because it's his opinion that matters. I'm not afraid of what other people think because what he thinks is what I live by. I'm living for his favor, not everybody else's favor. And I'm free from the favor of others or from the opinions of others. Free, hallelujah. Second F, fulfillment. The worshiper is a full life. We have lives that are fulfilled and are full, full of fulfillment. There, there's a mouthful for you. <laughs> Your life is full. We have this great call. There's no greater call, brothers and sisters, than the honor of bringing glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. When Jesus is glorified through my life, that is the greatest thing that I, that I could ever do. That is the greatest achievement I could ever have in my life is that I have brought glory to God in some way or other, even if nobody else sees it. I'm fulfilled. I'm fulfilled. When we see Jesus touching the lives of others through our lives, just through a testament, Marco got baptized on Sunday. I was just so blessed through his testimony. 
And there's, like, Dara was involved in leading him to the Lord and Cassidy. It was a few, it's, a, it's an amazing testimony. We'll, we'll get him to share it someday, I think. But for somebody to be involved in leading somebody else to Jesus or just attracting somebody to inquire about Jesus, whatever stage of the journey, it's a privilege, brothers and sisters. It's one of the most fulfilling things. I often struggled with fear and about talking to other people about Jesus, and it was a real struggle for me. But, but, but God gave, set me free from it, and, and I was able to engage people, and I'll, I'll talk to people about Jesus. And it's one of the most fulfilling things. You come away from a conversation of just telling somebody about the goodness of God and what Jesus has accomplished for us, and you're singing, and you're rejoicing. It's the most fulfilling thing. Fulfillment, brothers and sisters, when we live righteously and it brings glory to God in our workplace, it brings fruitfulness to other people's lives. It's fulfilling to our children when we lead our children into fulfillment and they sense the blessing from our lives. What a fulfillment, brothers and sisters. This is the life of a worshiper. The last F is fearlessness. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I worship a great God. <laughs> I worship a God that is greater than every other power, greater than every other wisdom. He is greater, brothers and sisters. He is greater. Our God is greater. He's greater than every sickness, every enemy, every difficulty, every puzzle. He is greater, brothers and sisters. My God is greater, and therefore I need not fear. I need not fear. Man doesn't scare me because God is bigger. <laughs> Every authority is established by God, even the authorities of this land. We need not fear because we fear Him more in the right way. We worship Him. We honor Him more. Complications, I need not fear complications because God will work it out. God will work it out. I don't fear famines or shortages because my God, my God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. My God is my provider. He has promised provision, brothers and sisters. We do not need to fear. Hallelujah. My future is secure. Yeah, death is an enemy, but it's already defeated. It's already defeated. He has overcome death. My God, whom I worship, who, who lives with me, who walks with me, I walk with him. He has defeated death. He may lead me one day through the valley of the shadow of death, but he will not leave me. He will not forsake me. Brothers and sisters, what can man do to us? We are going to heaven even if they kill us. Even if they kill us. And I'm not saying that there is no fear whatsoever, but we need not fear. We need not fear. Sometimes in our weakness we will fear, but we find our way back to God and we worship him because he is greater than our fears, greater than our enemies, greater than our insecurities. And tonight our time is done. We as worshipers, we have freedom. Freedom. 
We have fulfillment. We have fearlessness because we're, we're aware of him. We're aware of him and we walk with him and he is greater. He is greater. Can we stand, brothers and sisters, as we close tonight? Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Jesus. 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 Do you know, we face many things in life. As Christians, we face many things. And, and those things can, can for a, a time, steal our worship. For a time, they can close our mouths for a time they can appear to be greater greater than than our god even they they they're greater than us for a time these things can dominate us they can overpower us and they can steal our attention from almighty god they can and brothers and sisters, tonight, if you have something that is standing between you and worship, then I'm going to encourage you to start to lift up the name of Jesus, even while, see, he prepares a feast in the presence of our enemies. There are enemies in our lives. But he is with us in that place. Even if, we're, if we seem unaware or if we can't seem to take a hold of him or grasp him or, or feel him. Brothers and sisters, he is faithful and he is there even when we're unfaithful. And what he wants to do, brothers and sisters, he wants to take that thing that is standing against you and he will overcome it and bring you through it, and bring you past it, and bring you to the place where that thing has been defeated, and you're standing on the other side of it. You're standing in victory, and you're standing with a testimony. And that testimony will say, my God overcame this thing that stood against me, this thing that resisted me, this thing that closed my mouth, my God is greater and he has brought me through. And I'm going to encourage you, in that situation, take your eyes off the circumstance, the trouble, the enemy. Put your eyes on Jesus and worship him. Worship him. Know him. What that, what that trouble is, it's a stepping stone. It's a stepping place to, to a place of worship where you haven't been before. And you will walk through and you'll give glory to God in a new way, in a different way. Lord God, Lord, tonight, Lord, Lord, we come to you, O God, as, oh Lord, as, as those, Lord, whom you're seeking, Jesus. Lord, you're seeking, Lord, Lord, our worship, O God. Oh, Father, and tonight, Lord, we say yes to you, Jesus. We say yes to you, O oh God. And you know the things, Lord, that, that seem to 
that we struggle with, O oh God, and we battle with, O oh God. And tonight, Lord, we put those down, O oh God, and we lift you up above every circumstance, above every trouble, above every opposition, above every distraction, Jesus above every other thing, Lord, that would seek, Lord, Lord, to sit on the throne of our hearts, Lord, on the throne of our lives, O oh God. Oh, Lord, and we honor you, Lord, and we worship you, Jesus. We worship you, O oh God, and we lift up your name. Lord, the name of Jesus, Lord, is greater than every other name. Hallelujah. Your name, Lord, is greater, O oh God. You are greater, O oh God, and we exalt you tonight, Jesus. We exalt you tonight, Lord, and Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your presence with us. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen, amen. Praise God, praise God. God bless you, brothers and sisters. Go with God. Have a great week worshiping him. Amen. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.